0: Welcome to the Crimson Flow Ministry Podcast, episode number 33. Hello, I'm Charles Caps. In addition to listening to us from your favorite podcast app, we invite you to visit our website at Charles Capps Crimson Flow Ministries.net. All one word in lowercase letters. As always, Proverbs 23 and 23 instructs us to buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Amen. We buy these things, we attain them, we get truth and wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and we're never to relinquish them, never to let them go, amen? And so, I mean, when we find truth, it's a precious thing to hold on. We're going to try to do some of this as we go into the message, amen? Now, if I had to call this podcast by a name, it would probably be facing the sun. And But before we go to the Word of God, let me ask a few actually let me let me caution you caution we're going to be talking about some subjects that um, uh, are fearful to some people and so if you're if you're easily overtaken by the fear of the spoken word of spirits you probably shouldn't need to listen to this podcast amen if you're the kind of person that whenever something is brought forth and and uh, you know, the devil jumps on you, uh, you don't need to listen to this podcast. This is going to be for those who are of strong muscles and good teeth and able to eat the meat of the word. If you're a novice, if you're still on the milk from the pap, uh, don't listen to this podcast, okay? Okay, so now. Moving on, I got I, I got to ask a few questions, you know, and 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 you know our church, uh, the church age, or churchianity, as I call it, you know, uh, has churchianity ever told you um, how important it is, uh, or how important the doctrines of the eastern sky is? And you know, now now look, some of you've heard of the eastern sky, some of you've even seen. About an Eastern gate, you know and uh you um this this Eastern thing shows up uh eastern sunrise services uh for for Easter all these things show up amen, but has the church ever told you how important all of these doctrines are amen and um none of these none of these words uh eastern eastern sky eastern gate sunrise service none of these things appear in the king james version of the bible okay but look we have been raised up to think that there's something special to all this and there is but it's not according to the bible and that's where we're going today we're going to go we're going to go to the uh, book of ezekiel chapter 8 and I'm going to start in verse 1. And we're going to really do some moving here. Amen. And it came to pass, Ezekiel prophesied, it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, and the fifth day of the month. Now, folks, if you follow the chronology of all of these prophets, you can get a good timeline on everything that's been going on uh, since God called Abraham and before. Uh, Adam and Eve, Noah, everything. Now, he said, As I sat in mine house, and the elders of Judah set before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Then I beheld, Jeremiah, or excuse me, Ezekiel said, And lo, a likeness, as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins even downward fire, and from his loins even upward, as the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber. Amen. And he put forth the form of a hand. And took me by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven. Wow, that must have been something. Amen. And brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh towards the north. Now, um, we're going to find out we're, we're, we're going into the temple here. We're going into the temple, the house of God. We're going into the place that should have been absolutely the most worship, clean, beautiful place on earth, the temple of the most high God. Amen. So he took us to the north where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy. Now I could spend hours just on that right there. In verse 4 it says, And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then said he unto me, this is, this is Father, Abba, Jehovah speaking. He said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way towards the north. So I lifted up mine eyes the way towards the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. He said unto me, furthermore, son of man, seest thou what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committeth here in the what should be the holy place of all, that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. Okay? So we got this uh, jealousy thing going. Uh, and, and like I said, it, uh I'm gonna stay off of that because, it, like, we could go forever. Okay. Then, verse eight, he said. Then said he unto me, "Son of man, dig now in the wall, and when I had digged in the wall, behold the door." And he said unto me, "Go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here." So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. Where is this? It's in the inner door of the temple. Amen. And there stood before them these images, these idols, all of these things. There stood before them 70 men of the ancients. Of the house of Israel, and in the midst of them stood Jezaniah the son of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Now, uh, folks, I don't know if you've ever seen these ceremonies that uh, uh, happen, and and, and I'm not going to pick on. Uh, the church of wrong too much, but when they burn that incense and that man comes walking down that aisle slinging that big censer uh, back and forth and that smoke, it, it's a ton of smoke. And so here we got 70 elders, ancients, uh, burning this incense, and it's a thick cloud of incense that went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery... For they say, The Lord, Jehovah seeth us not. Yehovah has forsaken the earth. Because of all of the stuff they'd done, they thought that God had left completely off of the earth, and he doesn't see. We can do anything we want to. We're going to have this jealousy. We're going to have these images. We're going to burn this incense. And we're going to practice our idolatry. So he said, then, in verse 14, Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again. And thou shalt see greater abominations than these. Here's these women weeping for Tammuz. And we're going to get into this. And that should have been a pretty good sign of, of some desolation that's been going on. And they're doing it there in the temple in Jerusalem. Amen. And Father says, turn again. I'm going to show you something worse, you know. And so then... He, He, Jehovah, brought me into the inner court of the the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs towards the temple, with their backs towards the temple of Jehovah and their faces towards the east. And they worshipped the sun towards the east here's 25 people priests walking backwards and this is why we call this facing the sun they should have been facing west if they wanted to worship god they should have been facing west if they wanted to worship jehovah but they were facing they were backing up towards the altar of god amen facing the east and worshiping the sun amen Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. It's like snubbing. They just snubbed me, Father said. He said, Therefore will I also deal in fury Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine eyes shall not spare. Neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, uh, yet I will not hear them. Why would you think he would not hear calls for pity and mercy? Because they had provoked provoked him to anger and broken his precious commandments and brought whoredoms and abominations and idolatry into his house. Now, I think we're going to find there's a parallel here as we continue that we've taken the precious church, we've taken Yeshua, Jesus, and we've wrapped him around some traditions and customs that, that Father hates. I mean, he just absolutely hates them. And yet, as Christians, we adore these times. We uh, pray for these times, and, and we're the happiest we've ever been at these times, these false God-service worshiping festivals of the Christian church fable worship yeah and we think it's the real deal just like that instance they were burning they thought all of those images uh, uh, upon them walls they thought that was the real deal but it wasn't they 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 found out that God is a god of jealousy and he will not have his name profane now what does that mean profane uh, verse four or excuse me number four of the commandments, is thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. What does that mean? It doesn't mean a cuss word. It means don't mix him with the common, the unclean, the unholy things. Don't mix him with the vain, the empty, the profane things of the world. You got to get away from the vain, from the profane, the common, and into the spirit you gotta work righteousness, amen. Do what's right, as he always does right what's right, as our father cannot commit sin, and our father cannot lie. Our father cannot turn, and he always is set apart and hallowed. Amen be thy name. And we've got to turn and be set apart to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth amen so they took the god of heaven amen the creator of all and they made him common they made him no more powerful than an image on a wall and we will continue amen so now now we've um we heard where the women were weeping for Tammuz. And so we got to say, who's Tamuz, and where did he come from, and how did he come? Well, first of all, we got to go and find out about Nimrod. Amen? Nimrod was begat by Cush, Noah's grandson. Okay? So in Genesis chapter 10, verse 8 through 9, it says, And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth so we got Nimrod and he's a mighty one he was a mighty hunter before Yehovah. Wherefore it is said even as Nimrod the mighty hunter or excuse me even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before Yehovah and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and it goes through all of these cities and folks if you will trace the building of these cities Babel means confusion it means uh, conniving. You know, and you go on and on and on how Nimrod built his kingdom and he connived and he confused people and he got them to believe lies and false doctrines. Amen. So we have Nimrod and then Cush, and there's got to be a wife there somewhere, right? There's got to be a mother to Nimrod. Well, according to the mythology of all of this stuff, that's Semiramis. And, you know, then you got these people that I don't believe in that. She's not mentioned in the Bible. Well, folks, let me remind you that there's a whole lot of stuff that's not mentioned in the Bible that's actually true. Amen. And, in fact, we're told that all of the works of, of Yeshua, of Jesus, could not be contained because there'd be, you know, such a vast volume of books. And, and there's a whole lot that our Savior did that we don't we don't have a record of it. But thank God for the record we do have It'll certainly get us on the straight and the narrow path and through to the Father. Can you say amen? Now, we um, we have Cush, who married Semiramis, and um, she they begat Nimrod. Now, you know, nothing nothing unusual with that, but it the plot thickens here very shortly, and we're going to find a whole false god system wrapped up in this thing. So, now... Uh, let's see the book of Jasher. I know a lot of you never read the book of Jasher, a lot of you never read the book of Enoch uh, or anything else. You know these things used to be in our Bible, but somebody decided they shouldn't be, and you know for some reason they decided it was in, uninspired or, or what have you. You know there was some plots there to remove this out, and there was a reason it was moved out. If you study these books, you'll find there's a whole lot of stuff. That would be important to the church if we'd have just studied it and learned it. Amen. So now, in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 13, when they were fighting the battle, and uh, Joshua told the sun to stand still, it says, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? The sun, amen. Amen. Is this not this written in the book of Jaser? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, hastened not to go down about a whole day. Yeah. So there is the book of Jaser that uh, the writer of Joshua is referring to. Now, in 2 Samuel 1 and 18, it says, Also he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jaser. Amen. So there might be something there we can learn. And we know that there was Nimrod, right? Now let's look and see what we can find here. And I'm going to read from the book of Jaser, chapter 27. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 12. And, you know, every you can search and search and search. And you'll find that there is an account of where Nimrod died. Or was killed, but there's not a whole lot you can find out about who killed him or why he died. So now we're looking at the book of Jasher, and here it says, And Esau, and Esau at that time, after the death of Abraham, frequently went into the field to hunt. And Nimrod, king of Babel, the same was Amraphel, also frequently went with his mighty men to hunt in the field and to walk about with his men in the cool of the day. And Nimrod was observing Esau all the days, for jealousy was formed in the heart of Nimrod against Esau all the days. They were both mighty men, mighty hunters. Amen? And on a certain day, Esau went into the field to hunt, and he found Nimrod walking in the wilderness with his two men. And all his mighty men and his people were with him in the wilderness, but they removed at a distance from him, and they went from him in different directions to hunt. And Esau concealed himself for Nimrod, and he lurked for him in the wilderness. And Nimrod and his men that were with him did not know him, and Nimrod and his men frequently walked about in the field in the cool of the day and to know where his men were hunting in the field. And Nimrod and two of his men that were with him came to the place where they were. When Esau started suddenly from his lurking place, drew his sword and hastened and ran to Nimrod and cut off his head. So there we have it. We, we can have some credible sense of how Nimrod was killed. And Esau fought a desperate fight with the two men that were with Nimrod. And when they called out to him, Esau turned to them and smote them to death with his sword. And all the mighty men of Nimrod who had left him to go into the wilderness heard the cry at a distance. And they knew the voices of those two men. And they ran to know the cause of it when they found their king and the two men that were with him lying dead in the wilderness. And when Esau... Saw that the mighty men of Nimrod coming at a distance, he fled and thereby escaped. And Esau took the valuable garments of Nimrod, which Nimrod's father had bequeathed unto Nimrod, and with which Nimrod prevailed over the whole land, and he ran and concealed them in his house. And so you see here, Esau's got some riches, you know. And Esau took those garments and ran into the city on account of Nimrod's men. And he came into his father's house, wearied and exhausted from the fight. And he was ready to die through grief when he was when he approached his brother Jacob and sat before him. And he said unto his brother Jacob, Behold, I shall die this day. And wherefore then do I want the birthright? And Jacob acted wisely with Esau in this matter, and Esau sold his birthright to Jacob, for it was so brought about. By the Lord, by Jehovah. you see, now here we have this account. we We knew that uh, Esau sold his birthright, but we weren't sure about all the circumstances. This kind of fills it in. Amen. But yet this was deemed not scripture for some reason, but I think it's very historical. I think it's very interesting. I think it's very accurate, and I think it's very inspired. that that is what I think. Amen. Now, I want to get into the mythology or the origins of what we have been studying here with Nimrod and with Semiramis, amen? And, you know, I'm reading from um, Red Ice TV News, uh, if you want to look that up. But I did a lot of searching before I found this little pamphlet synopsis, and, boy, you, you... you get into all kinds. This can't be true, you know. This, You know, this this couldn't happen. It wasn't in the Bible. I don't believe it. Well, now, folks, come on. Come on. What kind of illogical logic is that? So this starts off, it says, Easter is the day that's honored by nearly all of the contemporary Christianity and is used to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua HaMashiach. The holiday often involves a church service at sunrise, a feast, which includes the Easter ham, decorated eggs and stories about rabbits. Those who love love truth learn to ask questions. Now, i got to tell you that. If you love truth, you're going to ask questions. Those who love truth learn to ask questions, and many questions must be asked regarding the holiday of Easter. Is it truly the day when Yeshua arose from the dead? Where did all these strange customs come from? Then it says the first thing, the principal thing. The first thing we must understand is that profession Christians were not the only ones who celebrated a festival called Easter. Now, I love what Brother Steve Squire says. when uh, He says when uh, Yeshua was walking the face of the earth doing his ministry, the option to worship Easter was there, and the option to worship December 25th was there, but he didn't do it. No, but it was there if he wanted it, but he didn't do it, but yet somehow the church can't get enough of it. You know, the church runs to it, and they polluted, they made vain the ministry and the work and the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach by compelling Yeshua to be wrapped around these pagan festivals, fables. Amen? So now, I've said that and we'll continue. Ishtar, which is pronounced Easter, was the day that commemorated the resurrection of one of their gods that they called Tammuz. Now, here we see that Tammuz is a god, and he was believed to be the only begotten son of the moon goddess and the sun god. And we know that he is the son of Nimrod. Now, now in the age of times, there was a man named Nimrod who was the grandson of one of Noah's sons named Ham. Ham had a, a son named Cush who married a woman named Semiramis. Cush and Semiramis had then had a son, and they named him Nimrod. And after the death of his father, Nimrod... This is where this thing starts getting weird and strange and conniving and just as conniving as the people in the temple thinking that God don't see that God's left the earth thinking they can do anything they want. And so you'll find that the devious mind of this woman and, 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 and her ability to convince people has created a whole false god worship system here. Said after the death of his father, Nimrod married his own mother, and became a powerful king. The Bible tells of this man Nimrod in Genesis ten, eight and ten, which I've already read. And uh, so anyway, after he built all of his cities, Nimrod became a god man, to the people, and Semiramis, his wife and mother, became the powerful queen of ancient Babylon. Nimrod was eventually killed by an enemy, and see, this doesn't go into it, but we know who the enemy was. The enemy was Esau. Nimrod was eventually killed by Esau, and his body, body was cut in pieces and sent to the various parts of his kingdom. Semiramis had all the parts gathered except for the one part that could not be found. That missing part was uh, the reproductive organ, and Semiramis claimed that Nimrod could not come back to life without him, and told the people of Babylon that Nimrod had ascended to the sun, now to be called Baal, the sun god. So here here we've got Baal, you know. And every time we turn around we have Baal worship in the Bible. Every time we turn around, we know it's a false God. We know it's a lying God. But here we have the origin of Baal and here we have Something that we know to be false, but yet the people seem to always want to worship Baal, including the church. Amen. And now, some of you just got mad at me, but we're going to continue. Queen Semiramis also proclaimed that Bell would be present on earth in the form of the flame, whether a candle or a lamp, when used in worship. Semiramis was creating a mystery religion and with the help of Satan, she set herself up as a goddess. Semiramis claimed that she was immaculately conceived. Really? She was immaculately conceived. She married Cush. She had Nimrod. And then somehow, some way, after Nimrod's dead, she's going to have Tammuz. But we'll We'll continue. Now, she taught that the moon was a goddess that went through a 28-day cycle and ovulated when full. She further claimed that she came down from the moon in a giant moon egg that fell into the Euphrates River. Now, think about that. Wow. What does eggs have to do with Easter? She further claimed that she came down from the moon in a giant moon egg that fell into the Euphrates River. Now, you know, nowadays, with all the science fiction we've got, we, you know, that it wouldn't be hard to imagine this, but way back when this was written, uh, this egg coming from the moon and falling into the Euphrates River, you know, this was ha- to have happened at the time of the first full moon after the spring equinox. Semiramis became known as Ishtar which is pronounced Easter, and her moon egg became known as Ishtar's egg. Amen? Now, you might not have heard of Semiramis in the Bible, but you've certainly heard of Ishtar, and you will find that the people continue to worship Ishtar and Baal all through the Scriptures if you'll just read the Scriptures and understand them. Amen? Ishtar soon became pregnant and claimed that it was the rays of the sun god Baal that caused her to conceive. Now, that would be her own son. Hmm. Ishtar soon became pregnant and claimed that it was the rays of the sun god Baal that caused her to conceive. The son that she brought forth was named Tammuz. Tammuz. Tammuz was noted to be especially fond of rabbits. You always ask, where did the eggs and the rabbits come from on Easter? Ishtar, Semiramis. Tammuz was noted to be especially fond of rabbits, and they became sacred in the ancient religion because Tammuz was believed to be the son of the sun god Baal. Tammuz, like his supposed father, became a hunter. So here we go. The day came when Tammuz was killed by a wild pig or wild boar, amen, and Queen Ishtar told the people that Tammuz was now ascended to his father Baal, and that the two of them would be with the worshipers in the sacred candle or lamp flame as father, son, and spirit. Now, this is getting real deep. Uh, and again, this is false religion. But still, it exists. Amen. Ishtar, was is now worshipped as the mother of God and queen of heaven, continued to build her mystery religion. The queen told the worshipers that when Tammuz was killed by the wild pig, Some of his blood fell on the stump of an evergreen tree. Hello, an evergreen tree? It sounds like something we know a little bit about, doesn't it? And the stump grew into a full new tree overnight. This made the evergreen tree sacred by the blood of Tammuz. Now, what are we talking about here? This evergreen, we would call it a Christmas tree, right? She also proclaimed a 40-day period of time of sorrow each year prior to the anniversary of the death of Tammuz. Forty days sounds like Lent, doesn't it? It's not in the Bible, no. She also proclaimed a 40-day period of time of sorrow each year prior to the anniversary of the death of Tammuz. During this time, no meat was to be eaten. Worshippers were to meditate upon the sacred mysteries of Baal and Tammuz and to make the sign of the tea in front of their hearts as they worship or the sign of a cross we would call it today the T. they also ate sacred cakes with the marking of a t or a cross on the top Mmm, we do that today don't we every year on the first sunday after the first full moon of the spring equinox a celebration was made it was ishtar sunday and was celebrated with rabbits and eggs Ishtar also proclaimed that because Tamus was killed by a pig, that a pig must be eaten on that Sunday. Boy, that, that Easter Sunday ham, huh? Um I I know we're getting into it here. And some of you, some of you are thinking, and some of you are saying, well, that's just junk. You can call it junk. And we know it's a false religion, but people can't get enough of it. And if you're eating that big fat ham on Easter Sunday, you're part of it. Oh, did I say that? I did, didn't I? By now, the readers of this tract should have made the connection that paganism has infiltrated the contemporary Christian churches. And further study indicates that this paganism came in, by the way, of the Roman Catholic system. The truth is that Easter has nothing whatsoever to do with the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach. And that's something we need to understand. The truth, Resurrection Sunday. The truth is that Easter has nothing whatsoever to do with the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach. He was actually resurrected on the Sabbath the day before. We also know that Easter can be as much as three weeks away from the Passover, Because the pagan holiday is always set as the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Some have wondered why the word Easter is in the King James Bible. It is because Acts chapter 12 tells us that it was the evil King Herod who was planning to celebrate Easter and not the Christians. The true Passover and pagan Easter sometimes coincide, they do. But in some years, they are great distances apart, and that's the ones I like where people are not confusing the two and thinking they're both the same. We know that the Bible tells us in John 4 and 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth is that the 40 days of Lent, eggs, rabbit, hot cross buns, and the Easter ham, have everything to do with the pagan, the ancient pagan religion of Mystery Babylon. These are all Antichrist activities. Satan is a master deceiver and has filled the lives of well-meaning, professional Christians with idolatry. It's so true. If you're finding yourself here, come out of her, my people. you got to put away not only all of these uh, fables, you, you, but you've got to find the true thing to worship. And they're all in Leviticus 23, the Feast of the Lord at the appointed time of the year. Amen. These things bring the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience who try to make pagan customs of Baal worship Christians. Trying to make the uh, pagan customs of Baal worship Christian. Amen. And, 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 and they'll fight you over it. Good, great. They'll fight you. I mean, they get mad. They'll clinch them fists and stick them up. And, buddy, I've run out of cheeks and I'm fixing to whoop you. How dare you talk about my Easter and my Christmas and my religion? Yeah. These customs of Easter honor Baal and is still worshiped as the rising sun, and his house is the house of the rising sun. How many churches have sunrise services on Ishtar's day, and face the rising sun in the east? Remember, right up front, I, I, I showed you none of this was in the Bible. How many will use colored eggs and rabbit stories, as they did in ancient Babylon? Amen. Now, this is um, this is the story or the myth or whatever you want to call it. But and we know it's false. But people worship it; they still worship it. And if you're worshiping Easter, you're worshiping Christmas. You're just as big a part of this old uh, mystery Babylon religion as anybody ever was. Come out of her, my people. Learn to find the truth. Amen. Now we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter forty-four, and start with verse sixteen. And we're jumping right in the middle here. You know, this is long enough. I I don't have time to to get into uh, a whole lot of it here. It said, as for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. That's Jeremiah. The people are saying, we ain't listening to you. He said, but we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth from out of our own mouth. We're going to do it our way. Does that sound like the church? I believe, you know, you, that you, you're okay with that, but here's what I believe. I believe, you know, it comes out of their own mouth. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense. Here's that incense. Unto the queen of heaven. And to pour out drink offerings. Unto her, the queen of heaven. As we have done, we and our fathers, our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then had we plenty. Boy, when we was worshipping that Queen of Heaven, life was good. We had everything, Charles Caps. Yeah. For then we had plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. Peace. Peace was all over the land. Now Betty says, But since we left off to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto her since we quit worshiping her, since we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? No, we all did it, you know. Then Jeremiah said unto all the people, to the men and to the women and to all the people which had given him that answer, saying, The incense that you burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, ye and your fathers, your kings, your princes, and the people of the land, did not Jehovah remember them and came it not into his mind so that Jehovah could no longer bear because of the evil of your doings and because of the abominations which you have committed, Therefore is your land a desolation and an astonishment and a curse without an inhabitant as it is at this day. And now, verse 23, because you have burned incense and because you have sinned against Jehovah and have not obeyed the voice of Jehovah nor walked in his laws nor in his statutes nor in his testimonies, therefore this evil is happened and to you all as at this day it's because of what you did not because of what abba did amen it's because of what you did to worship abominations and to cause all of this grief um, and to cause other people to walk in it it's what you did come out of her my people quit worshiping the queen of heaven Get rid of the Easter. Get rid of the Christmas. Get rid of the pagan. Get rid of the fables. Get rid of the lies. And, all oh, friend, let me tell you, the Bible is full of truth. If you will just read it, believe what God tells us to do, and start worshiping, memorializing the Feast of the Lord. Amen. And instead of, you know, Good Friday, you've got Passover. I call it not Friday. I have a, 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 a a podcast called Not Friday, where I, I you know, he was Yeshua was never uh, crucified on a Good Friday, Amen. But he was crucified on Passover. Then we have unleavened bread, but it's our spring uh, camp meeting time of, of meeting and, and and having unleavened bread and and worshiping, and then we have first fruits and and we have Pentecost, you know, and and on through to the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, amen, where Yeshua, where Jesus was actually born. We can know this through the scriptures, amen? And the thing about it is there ain't nothing wrong, there ain't nothing false, there ain't nothing abominable about keeping God's commandments. That's all good stuff to do to keep his commandments, amen? So, hope you got a little something out of this today and hope you find the truth that you're looking for and if we can be of help, We're here. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Amen.